Good evening. So we're in this uh, new sermon series, I Choose, and tonight we're looking at I Choose Purpose Over Popularity. So first we need to look at what we mean by purpose. Now my dictionary definition says purpose in the sense that we're looking at it tonight, means the reason for which something exists or is done, the reason for which something is made or used. So purpose is essentially why we are here. It's what drives us and motivates us in life. And we can have purposes and causes that we can identify within that. But ultimately, that underlying purpose is what makes up who we are and quantifies our being. Our purpose is what we base our life on. It influences our day-to-day decisions and our life choices that we make swing on that hinge that is our purpose. Now, the world screams out plenty of distractions to us as to what our purpose should be. Fame, wealth, power, family, friendships, career, being a free spirit, whatever that means. But as Christians, our purpose should always be that of living in tune with God. It is God that gives us purpose. As we build our relationship with Christ Jesus, as we invite the Holy Spirit in to guide and direct us, God himself investing in our lives so that we live well, living every moment to the full and for his glory. So that's purpose. That thing that gets us out of bed in the morning. That thing that breaks our heart for something. Or gives us a passion for something. Or compassion for others. It's that thing that drives us to pray. To read our Bibles. It's that thing that has brought us all here this evening. The problem with our purpose as Christians is that it goes against the grain of what the rest of the world tells us. We're in the world, but as Christians, not of it. And because of that, living with a godly purpose is unpopular. So as Christians, we need to make a choice whether to be popular or whether to be purposeful. Standing up for what we believe in isn't always easy. It's not always popular. But when we know in our heart that something is right, there's something in us that just has to stand up for it. Let's have a quick look at the screen. I love this clip. It's such an iconic clip that's been replicated in so many ways but Spartacus he chose to stand up for what he believed in and the people followed him and they followed him into battle against the Romans but what I like about this clip is that they were united in purpose together and they were stronger together despite the consequences despite the unpopularity and the pressure to conform that was placed upon them. 
Their cause, their purpose was greater than the sum of them. It was greater than Spartacus. It was something worth dying for. Now, I'm sure we could all rattle off a list of names of people throughout history who have stood up for things in the same way and lived their lives in the same way. (coughs) Going against the grain of popularism to fulfil their purpose. Dietrich Bonhoeffer stood up against the Nazis. William Wilberforce stood up against slavery. Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Nelson Mandela and countless others all stood up against racial segregation. Muhammad Ali refused to fight in Vietnam despite the threat of going to prison. Gandhi stood up for his people. Malala Yousafzai stood up for the education of women. The list is endless. Some of these people were Christians. Some weren't. Some were imprisoned for their stance. Some were killed for it. We all have a sense of right and wrong and a sense of standing up for something we are passionate about. But those big purposes that I just mentioned are not the same as living your life with purpose. It's the purpose that you get up with every day when you choose to be in relationship with Christ. That's the purpose that we're talking about this evening. That decision that influences our everyday life. And yes, comes with sacrifice and still comes with us having to choose purpose over popularity. As Christians, we should be living living to please God, choosing every day to live in his will, to do the things he asks us to do and glorify him in worship with our every thought, word and deed. The problem is that we are always too tempted, aren't we, to please everyone else around us. We get distracted. Our purpose gets distracted. When Peter and the disciples were called before the Sanhedrin and they were told not to preach in Jesus' name, their response was simple. Acts 5 verse 29, we must obey God and not human beings. We must obey God and not man. Their response was simple because they weren't distracted from their purpose. They were totally focused on Jesus. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I get up, I try to read my Bible and to pray. It's easier said than done. I really struggle sometimes to stay focused or even awake. My mind drifts to all the things that I have to do in the day. All those tasks, those jobs that need to be done, the people I want to see, getting the kids up ready for school, the exercises I need to do throughout the day to stay mobile, a thousand different creative ideas buzzing through my head, and that's all before breakfast. And then I get onto the other great distraction, Facebook. Now, I I have two Facebook accounts, one of which is uh, a public account. It's open to everyone. Now, the problem with this account, I I use it primarily to promote my, my writing, but the problem with this account is that 
on a daily basis, I get countless people asking to be my friend. I don't know the half of these people. Now, most of them are just wanting to be popular in the same way that I am. They want followers to be noticed for essentially what they're trying to promote. Others, however, just want to be friends. They want to feel popular. Now, I know this is the case because as well as the daily friend invites, I also get direct messages. People just messaging me saying, I want to be your friend. Will you please talk to me? What are you doing right now? Can I tell you my, about my life? And they even go as far, some of them, to try and direct call me. Social media, if I'm honest, drives me mad. Um, and I only really use it out of necessity, but there's some really great stuff about social media if, if you're willing to really delve into it and spend the time trawling through it. But how often are we using things like this to secretly say, what do you think of me? Look at me. Aren't I cool? Aren't I funny? Check out my lifestyle and where I've been. Look at how many friends I've got. Look at me. I'm friends with such and such. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Now, social media is just an extension of how the mind plays out normally. We go through life screaming out, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at my lifestyle, look at who I know, look at where I've been. And if we don't, it's because we're busy comparing ourselves, same as we do on social media. They've got that car, they've got that job, they've got that house. They know that person. I want to be like them. Maybe if I follow them or hang out with them, maybe some of it will rub off on me. Now, yes, obviously I'm, I'm generalising here, but it's human nature to want to be popular, to be noticed, to have friends we can hang out with, who accept and respect us for who we are. We are a people designed to be in relationship. Now, for some of us, that is hard. For some, maybe here tonight, you struggle with loneliness and isolation. And if that's you, please don't leave here tonight without talking to somebody. But whether you are popular or lonely or both, because you can be both. Don't let that state of being dictate your purpose. You see, as Christians, we don't need the world around us to validate who we are. We don't need the world to inform us and confirm in us our purpose in life. If we know and love Jesus, he gives us the Holy Spirit to guide and inform us to assure us that we are validated 100% in the eyes of God. That he is our purpose. He is our driving force. Yes, that means that we have to stand up and be different. 
And yes, it involves sacrifice. Maybe not as blatantly stated as in the video clip, but the disciples knew it. They knew that following Jesus wasn't going to be easy or popular. They had seen Jesus crucified firsthand, yet they followed him anyway. They obeyed God and not man. Scripture is full of men and women who have lived their lives in the same way, with purpose. Obeying God and not conforming to the popularity of man. When you step out of your home in the morning, or when you go on social media, are you prepared for the pain and the sacrifice that comes with declaring that you follow Jesus? Are you prepared to advertise that you are a Christian? Are you prepared to stand up and say, follow me because I know a different way of behaving? A different way of spending my time? A different way, a different thing to look at? A different thing to focus my eyes on than what the world, your friends, your family, your neighbours, your colleagues, your classmates, tell you you should be focusing on? This is our purpose, and yes, it's unpopular to a world point of view. It is now, and it always has been, but that doesn't make it wrong. All the major causes that people have stood up against, remember that list of names that I rattled off, all their stances were unpopular. But were they wrong? When you start your day tomorrow, think, what am I going to do differently today to stand up for Jesus? What am I going to post? How am I going to act? What am I going to say? When I attract attention and want people to follow me, is it because what I'm doing is glorifying God? When I'm comparing myself to someone else or attracted to someone else, is it because what they are doing is glorifying God. You see, our purpose isn't about standing up for the big causes like Spartacus in the clip. Our purpose is to stand up and be counted for what we believe in. Now, when you live your life with a godly purpose, three things happen. Firstly, those everyday distractions diminish. All those things that you stopped, that stopped you from focusing on Jesus, all those things, they start dropping off. The more we focus on him, the more we focus on him. As soon as we take our eyes off him, all that other stuff floods back in to fill the void. The more we talk to Jesus, the more we hear his voice. Second thing that happens, the pain of sacrifice stops hurting. I remember when I became a Christian, my friends and family, you know, they, they didn't understand. But when they realised I wasn't backing down, that I was serious about it, they eventually started to accept and respect me for it. The same was in the workplace. 
if you push through the pain or the fear of declaring Jesus, you may wonder afterwards what all the fuss was about to begin with. I'm not saying that everything will be easy, but the rewards of standing up for your purpose of being far outweigh anything anyone else can throw at you. To know that God is pleased with you, to know that God is saying, good and faithful servant, that is a safe and secure and fulfilling place to stand. So the third thing that happens when we live with godly purpose is that all you want to do is please God. It becomes an infectious habit you can't break. Yes, we all stuff up because we're all human and none of us are perfect. But the desire to please him, even when we get things wrong, is still there. If it wasn't, the hurt of getting it wrong, the hurt of stuffing up, wouldn't make a difference to us. We wouldn't be bothered by it. We would just conform to what the rest of the world does, to the desires of the rest of the world. Just as I draw to a close, I just want to read a a, a short story from uh, this book about one man's um, discovery of his purpose and choosing his purpose over the popularity. Um, The book's called Man Prayer Manual by Carl Beach. Um, Guys, if if you are serious about prayer, I'd really recommend this book. It's written for men. Uh, all about prayer, getting guys to pray. But in this book, Carl Beach tells a story of when, as a young man, he uh, was a city banker. And he was really good at his job. He was winning awards for his job, and he was always being headhunted. But he kept turning the offers down. And this is what he says. One day, however, the call came in from a headhunter that was a bit different to the others. I hung up on him when he refused to tell me the company involved, but then kept phoning me back. In fact, he phoned back about five times until eventually he told me the name of the company. My heart leapt. It was a jackpot phone call. It was the premier company in the UK in my particular field of expertise, and I knew that the sales staff in that setup were the most highly paid. In fact, some of them were phenomenally wealthy. I was told that the chairman wanted to meet me that evening for a coffee. I couldn't wait. The day dragged on until the clock hit 6pm and I hopped on a tube to the city for the coffee that was going to change my life. Walking into the modern glass-covered offices, I felt overwhelmed by the setup. Everything looked beautiful and shiny, including the staff. It spoke of wealth and success. Everything in me at that moment wanted a piece of it. Meeting the chairman was incredible. Giving me a coffee, he sat there in his suit, which I was pretty sure cost more than my car and gave me the lowdown. Everything, everything he said made my heart race. The support he gave the salespeople, the rewards, the respect, the lifestyle, the adrenaline-fueled nature of their day-to-day. Man, I wanted in. Until he said the most incredible thing that did in ch- indeed change my life. Carl, you're obviously a very talented salesman, and we would like you to join us. However, 
the hours are long and the demands are high. In return, I will make you an extremely wealthy man. In fact, you could be a millionaire by the time you're 30. But I want your soul. Yep, I couldn't believe my ears. He wanted what? My soul? Now I know what he meant. What he meant was that he wanted me to be all in, fully committed, working my guts out. But what I heard was that in reality there was a battle going on for my heart. It was a massive wake-up call. You see, six years before that, I had said a very simple prayer the day after giving my life to Christ at the age of 18. God, thank you for saving me. I will follow you wherever you want me to go and do whatever you want me to do, no matter what. And that time I had written in a Bible that I still have to this day, that I would dedicate my life to telling people about Jesus. God did not forget that promise, and I believe to this day that he did not forget that simple and honest prayer. Sitting on the train home, it all came flooding back. I remember standing in the kitchen with Karen in our swanky new yuppie pad, pouring my heart out through tears. A year later, and I was in Bible college. Nine months after that, and I was planting my first church in a tough council estate in Essex. All the money went. All the toys went. And in fact, I was unpaid for pretty much the first 18 months of ministry. But... We never looked back. One, purpose, one person's decision to choose purpose over popularity. Now, I'm not saying you have to give up your day job and go into full-time ministry. But do you know your purpose? Are you in tune with it? Are you willing to live your life driven by your God-given purpose? Are you willing to live, let your day-to-day -day and your life decisions be guided by your purpose? Are you willing to stand up despite the threats and the abuse and the odd looks? Are you willing to stand up and say, hey, the only person I need to be popular with is God? Are you willing to say, I have a purpose in life and that is to follow Jesus and I will obey his will for my life and not the will of man.